Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome to another edition of the Wrestle Talk podcast. I'm your host Tempest, alongside Adam Blompier, and we are here to review this week's episode of AEW Dynamite: House of the Dragon. Are you gonna watch House of the Dragon, Adam? <laughs> if it's good, I'll let you do the legwork on that internet. That's I, a big I, I'm not excited. <laughs> it, I, I'm not one of those people who's just like boo Game of Thrones forever, but I absolutely am not gonna watch it unless it's good. And I'll let literally everyone. I ha- Five people. If five people tell me it's good, I'll watch it. But it has to be five. We'll keep you posted on that. For everybody else looking to have us talk about wrestling on this show, make sure that you send in your Ultra Chats to support at Russell... Or, God damn it, support.com. <laughs> I'm so good at this usually. WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. I never remember it either. Yes, Tempest. We're the best team. Yeah. The A team. I'm not even holding my belt. <laughs> Who else do you want here to talk about the dyed blonde face of the company returning? <laughs> Me. I'm in the AEW clubhouse. I've heard it's contentious as all balls up in here. I can't wait to hear your mean ultra chats about, about stuff. About stuff that's mostly good. I'm coming in hot. Yes, you I'm are. Coming, yeah. I think we're both it. coming in hot. It's very warm in this studio. Come so, at me, comments. Take two. Make sure you get in your ultra chats to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. <laughs> we'll be reading out all the ones that are five US dollars and above before the end of the show. But of course, our main talking point on this week's show is the return of Kenneth Omega himself. <laughs> Kenny Omega has finally made his return to AEW Dynamite. He was the very not surprising surprise partner of the Young Bucks in the main event, their trios uh, tournament match against Los Faction Ingobernable, that being Andrade El Idolo, Roosh, and Dragon Lee. And it was a very fun match, but Kenny Omega is very much playing up the fact that he is still not 100%. Mm. To an extent that it's it has to be some form of work i'd have to imagine Im- just imagine if it had been don callis <laughs> just imagine if like the all out preview show the <laughs> justin roberts did the entire spiel the music <laughs> ran and it was still don callis only this time he's he's prepped and ready to go uh yes kenny kenny's back and yeah it really se- like they're hammering it home they're playing up on commentary it was quite a weird presentation, I'm not going to lie, because obviously he came out with Don Callis, but he came out of the good door, 
Is that still an important thing? I think so. Brian Danielson made a point to say, hey, I came out of the heel door, so (laughs) I'm not going to tell you fans nothing a few months ago. Sure. Um, But yeah, they and obviously that was played up a lot on commentary. It was quite weird because a uh, like JR, the face commentator was constantly having a go at Don Callis, who was being just like, yeah, Kenny's had a bunch of surgeries, so he's not 100%. And Jay's like, spin me another one, Don Callis. How long are you going to keep playing that guitar? I was like, well, he's he's right, of course. <laughs> he's wearing a shoulder brace, JR. I don't give a good God. You know, uh, it was it was weird that JR was the being want to go in on Kenny's injuries at some point in the match. But yes, no, he looked a bit out of puff at points, didn't he? I yes. mean, wrestling is hard after all. Uh, but I, I, I think this is a really interesting story. I think there are definitely story elements in here. I will say that there are parts of the match that felt uncomfortably real. A little bit. Uh, you know, which is, which, is, which is tough. But I think it, you might as well, if Kenny's going to be gone for that much time with that much kind of publicized surgery and mending that needed to be doing, the story's on the table, you might as well engage with it. All right. If he just came back and was the best bout machine immediately, that's not as interesting. Whereas uh, him kind of like being a little bit out of puff, wearing his shirt like a husky kid at the pool. And then like if, if that's the journey that goes towards. All, oh, me too, buddy. Me too. Um, but if he's the one that's going towards all out, that's a storyline at play. I think it's fascinating. And I think it's really interesting how I've seen some genuinely aggrieved comments on the internet about like i can't believe kenny's out of shape like screw yourself can't believe aggrieved comments on the internet are you new it was so do i even watch aew i I thought it was very very i thought it was an okay match i think it outstayed its welcome i think they could have it could have been a little bit tighter i don't know what the deal was with the kind like is there, was there a heel turn kicking out of the group angle? That was sloppily done. There was a bunch of missed uh, camera spots as well. Yeah. Like half of the stuff that Roosh was doing on the outside wasn't picked up on the camera, which is a shame. Uh, so yeah, there was a couple of like things about it I didn't like, but ultimately the rush of Kenny being back, the good feeling, and suddenly this kind of path we're on. And it, like a, I think a pretty established storyline going to All Out. I'm here for it. It's great. I enjoyed it. I'm very much looking forward to just seeing Kenny Omega back because I think you've hit the nail right on the head that if he's back, yeah, I'm sure it would just be great if he was the best bout machine right out the gate. But at the same time, it's probably more interesting this way. It gives him a chance to tell different stories than he would have otherwise. And Kenny Omega is a guy who we saw last year, like go on an incredible run as AEW world champion, having to adjust his style to deal with vertigo and deal with an injured shoulder and an injured knee. And he was still able to have very, very strong matches with like Brian Danielson and Hangman Page. So I believe that he could probably go out there and put on a best bout machine performance in his current condition and just spin it in a way that most people wouldn't notice that sort of thing. Mm. He's, he's an incredible worker in that sense. But again, this is something new. We're now seeing ring rust Kenny Omega, yeah, which leads them into having more opportunities for just different stories. I don't know. I don't know how this tournament's all going to shake out, but if we get some form of Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay in the near future, maybe now we have a reason to do that match again at a later date because, oh, Kenny Omega's going to be 100% at some point. It just yeah. leads to more opportunities for more matches and more stories being told, and I like that. I think what people maybe are getting concerned about 
um, is the fact that, yes, like obviously Kenny's talked publicly about how if he has another injury or if he has to have a, like another kind of amount of surgeries of this type, uh, he, he wants to go like, you know, so we, there's I, I'm sure some of that is work. Some of that is kind of like building around the fact that he is a bit of an old gun now, mm. like as far as, you know, being incredibly super athletic goes, he is kind of the he's a veteran and the people people I don't think are ready to kind of deal with the fact that we might have seen the best of Kenny Omega in AEW. Yeah. I think that's what people are concerned about. I had that thought watching this, you know, just thinking like, man, what if we really are like in the twilight years of Kenny Omega? Not necessarily like he's winding it down, mm. but yeah, we probably don't get another incredible G1 Climax-esque run of his. Like, putting on like a dozen five-star matches in a three-month period hmm. and just lighting it up every single time out there. I'm sure he's going to be great forever. Like He's a tremendous performer. Yeah. But yeah, there might be that sort of feeling, and I don't know how people would take that. I think it's interesting. I think, like you say, I think the opportunity is there to tell different stories. Mm -hmm. There's still a lot of stuff left on the table, obviously. Oh, yes. We want the proper brian danielson match we mm -hmm. want the one with the finish we want you know i i very much want to see him versus will even though the views that mostly operate via twitter tire <laughs> me uh, but i there, there's lots and lots of stuff um on the table for kenny singles wise for sure i don't think you know i don't think it's like sting i don't think he's a tag wrestler no. like purely at this point don't worry uh but yeah i, I think there's there's an opportunity for more soulful stories um, the idea that Kenny is not as good as he used to be, I think, I just think that's interesting because mm -hmm. there isn't a lot to Kenny Omega's character for me. Like, I loved his run as champ. I like the belt collector stuff, but I've never really gelled with Kenny's kind of like goofy heel antics. And I think there is something more human to be found here because he's always he's never felt fully human to me in the AEW stuff that I've mm. seen but I am a fake fan, of course. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think there's, yeah, there's really interesting stuff to be told. I mean, the fact that he's working with the Bucks, I think is amazing. Like some of the wonderful bits of the matches, seeing them hit some of those, yeah. some of those spots, the triple super kick, et cetera. Like very, 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 like it's, it's what you needed for Kenny to be back. Yeah. I think it's still like, I still, a lot of people are incredibly happy he's here. And yeah, I just think, I think it's the most interesting way it could have been handled. Yeah, like you said, it would have been nice if he'd come back and was able to just immediately start doing singles yeah. matches, but that's not how life is. And yes. I think this is a really good... I mean, who do you think is... Because obviously they're going to all out. Who do you think is going to be the finals? I have to think that it's them against the Dark Order, and maybe in the first round of that, like it's going to be John Silver, Alex Reynolds, and Evil Uno, and then Evil Uno gets taken out, and Hangman Page is forced to compete in the tournament. Mm. You know, something like that. I think there's possibilities, but really, I mean, it's obviously going to be the Trust Busters. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, like if you can't have them, I'd, I'd, I'd happily take House of Black, Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I think there is definitely a, a super fun kind of all elite. I, I think so. And of course, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks did win this match. Kenny Omega hit Dragon Lee with the one-winged angel after what I thought was a very good match. Dragon <laughs> Lee has the best suicide dive in the business. Oh my god. It was like a suicide blockbuster. It yeah. was insane. It's, it, and that is one of the more tame ones he's done, if you can believe it. Mm. it it's terrifying. Absolutely throwing cash, caution to the wind. And then, yes, as you also said, 
There was a really weird breakup angle-esque type thing because Dragon Lee's not been included in Los Faction and Gobernables in AEW so far. They, of course, have all the history in Mexico and Ring of Honor and stuff, but yeah, they lost, and then Andrade hit him with his hammerlock DDT and took his mask, and then we immediately cut to black because <laughs> we just are, are running right up to the, the top of the hour on these shows now, it seems. Um, you know what it really reminded me of? It really reminded me of a WCPW show oh, yeah? that we did uh, where we were running the Prestige. We were like we were like the super heel faction. We were desperately trying to get over like a kind of a new evolution sort of thing. And we were running them against Bullet Club, and it, it was originally going to be Adam Cole, the Bucks, and Cody Rhodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cody, unfortunately, had to pull out because of... Uh, Green Arrow, I think, filming with that. Uh, so we put uh, basically was like, well, we'd like to get the prestige over as well. So we're like, okay, here's what we'll do: uh, we'll accept Gabriel Kidd into Bullet Club. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Gabriel Kidd, who's doing amazing work in New Japan, by the way, now, which is wonderful to see, um, he was in Bullet Club for the night. Obviously, he was the one who ate the pin, and then they immediately kicked him out <laughs> of Bullet Club and like beat the hell out of it. Tremendous. Yeah. Wonderful stuff. But yes, it it more of a, a matter of AEW at times still needing to get their timing and, and in and outs of shows uh, down a little bit better, but I don't think it ruins this show by any means. I'd rather have this than kind of schizophrenic cuts. I, I agree. People, I, I'd rather have a few bits of sloppiness than something that gives me an actual headache. Yes. I, I, I mean, I will take AEW's production over WWE's production most times anyway. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. It's time to stop this podcast chat to talk about your balls. That's right, your balls. Look down at them. Look at them right now. Unless you're on a bus or something, because that might look a bit weird, so... Maybe just think about your balls. Okay, you got them in your mind? Good. Then let's begin. Shave them, you big hairy mess! You look like Prince Albert melded with Big Demo, and it's frankly gross! Especially you, Frank Gross. Thankfully, Manscaped are here to rectify this issue of yours with the all-in-one performance package 4.0 with the new Lawnmower 4.0 and its skin-safe technology. Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, which is great in this current UK heat. Crop Reviver Ball Toner Spray and the boxer briefs that I'm wearing while I'm recording this right now. So now you're all thinking of that. You're welcome. And is your nose hair starting to look a lot like your ball hair? Well, Manscaped have got you covered there with a weed whacker nose trimmer, which I have to use regularly because I'm nearing the age of 40. Go to manscaped.com and use the promo code WTTV for 20% off and free international shipping plus two free gifts. Just use that promo code WTTV at manscaped.com. Don't be like The Miz with tiny balls. Be like the WrestleTalk podcast with neat, tidy balls. Uh, but let's see what you thought. Let's get into some of your ultra chats uh, for uh, WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. We're going to be reading out all of them that are five US dollars and above before the end of the show. I'm getting there. You all, you got it. I had it for a second, then I opened the wrong one. <laughs> Riot DR says, hey, yo, Kenny Omega is back. I hope he's fine enough to continue his recovery uh, to as close as fit as possible. The wrestling fan in me can't cheer while Don Callis is on the screen. Side note, really hope Andrade is all right. Arm is hanging a bit. Hi, Adam. Hello. I love Don Callis' commentary. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought I thought he was good. I just think, yeah, the presentation, like, it feels like, yeah, a, a big transition in the presentation of Kenny Omega. Yeah. Uh, I think probably he is on the road to ditching Don Callis and probably being face again and then doing a couple of, yeah, I think we see where we go from there after All Out. Uh, but yeah, it is, it is a bit weird. Don Callis is entertaining. It just, yeah, yeah it's, for me, it, his heelness jars with the fact that we are telling an incredibly sympathetic story of Kenny Omega. <laughs> yeah. But you know, we didn't even talk about the real return of this show. Michael Nakazawa is back. <laughs> <laughs> Who is that? He was the guy he sat next to, like, because I generally thought just a random member of the crew had come out for Kenny's entrance and that's, be just like, that's Michael Nakazawa. Is he there to keep Kenny away from the pyro because <laughs> Kenny's been gone for so long? Is he Kenny's handler? He basically is Kenny's handler. Oh, right. Okay. You know, the, he uh, wrestled in DDT long ago, is friends with Kenny Omega, and was uh, brought in to be like one of the three original jobbers of AEW. Oh, really? He's the guy that wrestled like Alex Jabaley at, uh, at the Fighter Fest show, like the first one. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I don't remember that. Deep, deep lore on this show. <laughs> Charles Berg says, because of AEW, I can now write a sentence that I'm confident has never been written by any human ever. I'm so glad that Daddy Ass and his adopted kids are scissoring again. Charles, I almost want to refund your money. Almost. <laughs> Thank you. I wonder what the plan is for Punk versus Mox MJF return jam that jam. Yeah, we're going to get into that because... It's like Kenny, Kenny's, uh, Kenny's return is like one of... Four? 
Mm-hmm. Three, four major things on this show, like a heck of a heck of a two hours of television. Yeah, good on them. You know, I wish they could have uh, sprinkled these out the last few weeks. But uh, <laughs> Plasma PD says, "Morning, Adam and Tempest. The AEW Unification match smells like a draw that could lead to a rematch in Chicago, or maybe a triple threat with Hangman or MJF." Again, all, all possibilities, but I, I have no idea what they're planning on this one. It's a it's a big old mystery box. I will we'll talk into it as we run down the show. Of course, we opened with a promo from CM Punk, and immediately I was thinking that this is the energy that we had kind of been missing from Dynamite. Mm. Just you know, you you need some you need promos to drive a lot of these angles, I think, and especially set up the pay per view matches. And I hadn't felt like we had a lot of those promos as of late. You know, like the ones the guys face to face, like Christian been cutting good promos, but oh, he's been carrying you know. a feud solo, basically. Yeah. Yeah, but CM Punk opens up this show, and he comes out there, and he's got a bunch of shooty-shooty, booty-booty comments. Pew-pew. Pew-pew. I'm going to shoot you. He starts by saying... going in on the guy as well. Yeah. Like, oh, all right. I'm sorry. He won the belt while you weren't around. Like, uh, he hasn't... Like, it's really funny. <laughs> Just being like, oh, you know who's crap? John Moxley. <laughs> Bugger him. And his little shield friends. And Eddie you. Kingston, in particular. <laughs> I mean, that one makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. But he comes out, and before he even gets to Moxley, he says, Hangman Page, you want a rematch? You want your belt back? Let's do it right now. He gets no response. Now, according to Dave Meltzer, he was, like, wasn't planned to say this, and there was like no possibility that Hangman Page was going to answer this. Mm. So it's like, what you doing, Phil? It feels hill. A little it, bit. It genuinely, like, I mean, coward, S-word, yeah. is like... That got booed. Mm-hmm. And it really did feel like we were tiptoeing back and forth across the line. Mm-hmm. Like Punk as well, when he got booed for, I can't remember, what, he said something during the first promo. He, as soon as he heard his first boo, he leapt on it and was like, you can boo me if you want. Tell me when I'm telling lies. Yeah. Which was like his catchphrase for this promo. A great promo, by the way. But it does feel like we are tiptoeing ever closely, ever closer to old man heel Punk, which is what this whole thing next week reeks of to me. Could be. Could you know? I hadn't considered Punk turns heel next week as like a possibility. Just because Chicago's yeah, right you'd there. think you'd just have him babyface champion go into Chicago and do whatever he's gonna do. But I mean, that, that's probably more possible. But mm-hmm. just like I do not see. I mean, other than yeah, time limit draw. I guess you could do. Yeah. Uh, well, let's let's finish talking yeah, about we'll, the promo we'll before, the we, promo, before we before yeah. we speculate. So. He, he then goes in hard on John Moxley, says that he's the third most important member of the group, says that that's been a recurring theme throughout his career, high shield. He said that Eddie Kingston is the third best Eddie he's ever been in the ring with. And I was trying to figure out who the other one was, because Eddie Guerrero, obviously. And the other options that I've seen are like Fast Eddie Vegas or Umaga. Oh, is Umaga and Eddie? Yeah, Eddie Fatu. Oh, yeah. So maybe, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Someone tweet CM Punk and get him to specify. Uh, but he says that he's he's the second best Kingston he's ever shared a locker room with. And it does warm my heart that CM Punk and Kofi Kingston are still just friends through all this. <laughs> you know? I mean, how could you not be? Kofi's delightful. Kofi is delightful. Uh, at which point we got John Moxley coming down to the ring. Or 
Before that, he said that he's going to take the title from John in Chicago and said that he's not even the best John that he's going to have done that to. I mean, that is absolute hill bait. Like... Absolutely. You're, ta- <laughs> you're telling me that John Moxley is worse than John Cena in an AEW ring. He is, though, to be fair. Uh, but yeah, I, I again, just like really, really, I mean, I have missed Punk's promo yeah. style. Like, it's so, it's so connected. There are bits, like, obviously, then John Moxley comes out. Um, I, I, like, again, there's, it's part of Punk's character. It always has been the fact that, like, oh, I'm going to do things that are not quite on the format. And <laughs> because, like, as soon as John Moxley's music hits, he's like, all right, I've got some time before it'll get here. <laughs> I'm going to do some Snow Angel. <laughs> I've always it's felt so since Punk got here is he's one of, like, a few guys on the show that, like, even if obviously not everything he's always going to say is going to be like 100%, you know, but he feels like a guy that when he cuts a promo, it's just him. Mm. He doesn't feel like CM Punk the character. It just feels like he is a character. He is this interesting dude and cuts promos a certain way. And not a lot of people in, in wrestling usually I find are, are like that. And I'm hoping no. that changes now, like with WWE losing the scripting thing or at least toning it down. But I really did enjoy CM Punk's promo and just his the energy that he once again brings to this show. Yeah, CM Punk is a character who like he operates on a series of dogmatic principles and that and like those often make him honorable, but they often make him an asshole as well, mm-hmm. which is very, very interesting. And John Moxley is similar in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, like this, this promo battle it was one of my favorite promo battles for a while just because there was some bits of it that felt like they were actually just riffing because so many promo battles are like my speech and then your speech because you don't give wrestlers dialogue to remember line by line but there was one moment to be like i'm the heart and soul and punk says you can be that i'll be the dollars and the cents and then john moxley is like all right, well, you only came to AEW when you run out of money. So it's like, yeah, yeah, that feels real. That feels like a proper conversation between two characters. Love that. I do love to see it. And of course, Mox said that his belt means nothing until he beats CM Punk and they start shoving each other and throwing that belt everywhere. Just throwing it. Screw this belt. Uh, Who needs a belt? Uh, We've got two of them. Buys another one, of one from the gift shop. Storage away. Buys another one from the gift shop. Throws it at a kid. <laughs> starts bleeding. Starts bleeding. And they start pushing and shoving each other. And they say, "Oh, you want to go right now?" And CM Punk says, uh, "Yeah, I would, but I'm I'm afraid you'll bleed all over me." <laughs> And then, of course, push each other, and then they start throwing fists, and then everybody comes in to pull them apart, and then they get close, and then they pull them apart again, and they kind of brawl around ringside and then go their separate ways. And then later in the show, because we might as well talk about all of this, Tony Nese was going to come out for a match, and John Moxley just decided, no, you're not, and attacked him on the stage, went down to the ring, said... Screw all out. Let's do this match right here. I've waited too long for CM Punk to be back. Let's do this match right here, right now. CM Punk comes out. He's being chased by this gaggle of security and, and producers. And they basically just continue the brawl they were having, but mm. in another segment. They did the whole separated by security thing three times on this show. Mm. Damn it, Delo, as OSW would say. Um, I thought the first one was very effective. I like the fact that um, like John Moxie threw the chair in the ring. Punk sat on it, 
Um, I, I, you know, just just John Moxley kind of walking around <laughs> like a jellyfish around the ring because he has that kind of he has no bones in his arms when he walks. Um, <laughs> he's very strange. What a strange man. Uh, and then coming out, always nice to see Tony Nese getting more respect in AEW than he ever did in WWE. He only won the cruiserweight title at WrestleMania. AEW <laughs> is the promised land after all. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, like. I, I understand doing the two uh, pull, apart, pull apart brawls. It was fine. It gave the show a bit of structure. It gave a show a bit mm -hmm. of kind of like a setup and payoff. Uh, and then, yeah, the next week. Yeah. And then we got the announcement later in the show that rather than do this AEW Unification World Championship match at All Out, the pay-per-view that is like two weeks away, mm -hmm. we are just jumping the gun and doing it next week on dynamite now this has been the the speculation the speculation piece of the week where just what is going on why do you do that <laughs> tony what what it was like when um page was pulled from all out and replaced with christian and everyone's like all right then interesting and then christian wrestle Kenny Omega for the Impact Championship and beat him. It was like, yeah. so we've seen the main event then. Like, it was it was like a weird, it feels very, very strange. I don't fully understand why you would show like a match that you otherwise could have made a lot of money on, on TV, even if you are going to do a time limit draw or a schmoz kind of very soon into it. Like, I still don't know why you would show anything that you are still like keeping back yeah you know what i mean yeah uh, i think I, I don't know like maybe an injury angle maybe something maybe a heel turn I, we had people speculating about mjf's return it's exciting like i'm very curious to watch next week's show but it does fill me with concern yes it's a it's i'm i will absolutely be tuning in next week to AEW dynamite and i will absolutely be looking forward to that main event but it will just kind of be like watching a kid run around with a knife where you're just hoping <laughs> that it doesn't get broken, you know? Yeah. It's not like you're really anticipating this thing because you can't wait. You can't wait to, for whatever the next chapter is. Mm. I'm just kind of like watching through closed fingers, hoping that this isn't going to be like, well, I hope the next chapter isn't a step back. It's a thing like um, when Pete, when they announced that it was going to be Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson, there was a bit of kind of like, already mm -hmm. like but surely you're not gonna beat kenny um but even so the the sheer spectacle of that like you know they were chanting this is awesome before the bell rang which is right. amazing i do not think you're gonna get that atmosphere no, for this because you'll so. be just like what what's the twist a lot a lot of people watching waiting for the reason the why reason, this is yeah. happening yeah this and again Spoilers alert, peeling back the curtain a little bit. The next episode of the uh, Blackpool Content Club, the WrestleTalk podcast. Great name, by the way. Thank you, Adam. It is a great name. That'll be going up to, uh, tomorrow on WrestleTalk podcast. And we talk about this. And Luke and I had to come in here and be like, we really do need to record more stuff about this specific topic. So we talk a lot about that and the different possibilities that, that we will maybe see. And... I said that I had really built up a lot of benefit of the doubt in Tony Khan when he makes decisions that I hadn't seen coming. Mm -hmm. This is one where I'm like, all right, buddy, you're really going to have to work to justify <laughs> this decision. I'm not saying it's impossible, but 
I don't have the same benefit of the doubt that I usually do. Mm. It's so left field. Yeah. Because All Out is like, they're essentially their SummerSlam, right? The, the second biggest show. Sure. I would say. Um, it's always the stuff where big, emotional, momentous things happen in one of the biggest wrestling cities in the world. And it does feel very strange to just royally screw with that main event a week out. Yeah. Because, again, like... There's so many possibilities of what could happen here, but if they just go and do the match again at the pay-per-view with a twist or a stipulation or whatnot, I do think the law of diminishing returns may rear its head where people just won't be as interested than if they were seeing it for the first time. I also really don't buy the reasoning they gave. Like, the kayfabe reason this match is taking place next week is because Tony Khan doesn't think he can keep both men separate for until all out don't book him tony yeah <laughs> just don't let him in the arena just run some video packages it's like why would you risk bastardizing your main like in kayfabe i know obviously there's a plan in motion but why would you risk bastardizing the main event of one of your biggest shows of the year because you don't think both guys can wait a week put them on the noise step tony yeah. you're a terrible businessman just tell them if you touch each other the match is off and no one gets, no one gets to paid. do the thing yeah. <laughs> it works about half the time but you could try it <laughs> so who knows we'll we'll see what happens next week and boy there sure will be a review that i won't be on for that one i'm going home to canada again <laughs> can't bloody keep him out canada you moved here tempest do we need to remind you of that uh, maybe <laughs> next next week when when i don't get to review this show uh powerhouse hobbs then uh came on and said that because ricky starks got complacent and was happy with losing he wasn't happy with losing and he attacked him and he's not gonna let ricky stark stand behind him while he does all the work i'm really happy to see will hobbs getting this uh this break to mm. be potentially a single star, I think it's just awesome. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the match. Uh, Taz again on commentary, yeah. not quite knowing <laughs> where to go. I, I don't know. Um, I have I have a couple of I had a couple of issues with Taz on commentary oh, this yeah? episode. Yeah, uh, one of which we'll get to with the ass boys, uh, but the other one was it was the only bad thing about Kenny Omega coming back. Because so, Justin Roberts' thing built so perfectly. It was so beautifully timed to Kenny Omega and then bang, the music hits. <laughs> and then there was a pause and Taz's like, where is he? And then he comes <laughs> out there. Oh, there he is. <laughs> I was like, well done, Taz. He's been Moment doing this year, for so man. long. <laughs> He's been on commentary for so long. <laughs> and Kenny's been gone for so long. Where's Kenny? Oh, oh there he is. Yeah, <laughs> uh, made me roar when it first happened. Uh, God bless that man. Yeah, that square man. He is a square. He's like a refrigerator, <laughs> isn't he? <laughs> what refrigerators have you had, Tempest? The small one. <laughs> Even mini fridges <laughs> are mini fridges. They're rectangular, Tempest. Okay, goodness me. Didn't realize, you know, a rectangle is just a stretched out square. Oh, don't talk bollocks, Tempest. I, I've respected you for so long. <laughs> So long. <laughs> but of course, we got the opening match of the night. One of the best matches in Dynamite history, dare I say, as Brian Danielson took on Daniel Garcia in a two out of three falls match. This was goddamn perfection, in my opinion. Mm. Brian, I'll just go through the whole thing and then we talk about it. As they came out of the gate, like, really hot, exchanging holds, exchanging strikes, 
Brian Danielson just dropped Garcia with a palm strike. It was really good, just that sort of feeling of, of okay, I'm done playing around, and boom, you hit him. The same way that Daniel Garcia then was disrespecting Brian. He was hitting, like, these little wimpy kicks, just disrespecting him, and then he Brian fires up, hits a flurry of offense. Garcia won the first fall after he hit a sickening pile driver. Yeah, I geez. was I I was... I, audible in the office i think only terry was in the office at that point and it was just like oh my god right, when, not when, him when's brian gonna tuck the chin when's he gonna tuck the chin oh it's well, he late. hasn't tucked the chin yet okay no he just didn't he probably did right at the end because yeah, he's the he's best wrestler in the world but it was very scary to watch it's so scary and he just plays with your heart constantly doesn't he he knows exactly how afraid everyone is for his health even yeah. now when he's been wrestling for a few years like four years he's been back everyone is still slightly afraid of for, you know brian danielson's brain and I, the fact that he keeps playing those games of those is really yeah. mean shout out to brain danielson <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't work because his name's his name is spelled with a Y. Yeah, it is. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Someone else might have that problem. <laughs> but Garcia managed to get the first fall with uh, the Dragon Sleeper. Very apt for this show, and that was very uh, fun first fall. I really liked the the point that Bryce Rumsberg like immediately was like, "Okay, separate and one, two, as if counting him out. If Brian couldn't get to his feet, that's two straight falls. I've I've never been a big fan of like, okay, that's fall one. Now we separate for two minutes, give him a chance to get back to his feet, and go again. It's fair, Tempest. It's just fair. I don't want fair. There's strategy involved in this. Like, mm. if, if you pass out from a submission hold in a two out of three fall, try and pin him again. you immediately try and beat him. But then that's two... That's two falls for the price of one, Tempest. That's mm -hmm. two that's too little wrestling match for me. Uh, okay. Well in that in that case, they uh he got back to his feet just for you. Just because there wasn't enough wrestling. Do you know uh, just before you carry on, do you know one of my least favorite two out of three falls gimmicks I've ever done? What's that? So obviously uh they they've found ways to make two out of three falls matches interesting. Ooh, uh, especially, I think I might know what you're going for. Especially when Raw was doing the two out of three falls things the entire time. Um, oh, th that was a little phase of WWE. Sure was. Oh boy. Um, but no, they, like, there's some ways. Obviously, like when to punish Cesaro for speaking out about the company, they had Ziggler beat him two straight falls. I think it was. I can't remember which show it was. It might have been a Progress show. Mm. I think it was Zack Sabre Jr. and someone else. Possibly even Champa, I think. I think it was Champa versus someone on a progress show or maybe like a British indie show where it was a two out of three falls and they accidentally double pinned each other and that <laughs> counted the first fall for both men and everyone was like, boom! Oh, that's lame. You can't do it. That's not how that works. <laughs> right? The first fall is a draw. You don't both get a point. <laughs> <laughs> that's nonsense not what i thought you were gonna say my least favorite way they did the the two out of three falls match was at the royal rumble in uh 2018 when it was like the usos and benjamin and gable and they did the entire <gasps> oh, match in the yeah. first fall did it and then did a quick second fall and just got the two points one after another oh, very but annoying no one bought any of the falls <laughs> in the first half because like it's a two out of three falls match we know how this works yeah anyway uh the second fall however daniel garcia Dropped Danielson with a DDT on the floor, which, again, had me worried. Um, but Brian fought from behind for most of this match. And I really like the touch that Daniel Garcia was a heel because he was disrespectful, but he wasn't cheating at any point, really. Mm. 
He was out wrestling Brian Danielson. And that, to me, is like the getting over in defeat aspect of this. Because you can might you might just look at this and be like, oh, Brian won. He got his win back. 50-50 booking, if you will. Yeah. But if you actually watch the match, you get to see that Daniel Garcia is wrestling to the level and above the level of Brian Danielson throughout this. And that Brian has to really dig deep and fight through passing out and fight through blood and everything in order to get that win. It makes them feel like they're on the same level. And that's Brian Danielson, maybe the best technical wrestler in history. And, you know, missed a small package, right? I mean, he had to resort to a, a, he had to to steal one for the second win. And I think that puts Garcia over strong. Didn't get a Mm -hmm. a strong pinfall or a strong submission on him until right at the end. Yeah, I mean, that could have been seen as some people like signposting it because obviously like you you start with the strong submission. So you feel like, okay, so we're going to get Mm-hmm. This mission right at the end. Uh, I yeah, I loved it. I um, I think it was immediately after the first uh, pass out submission when he just pulled Brian up, put him in the corner, and was just slapping the hell out of him. And Brian looked amazing physical storytelling from Daniel Bryan, just like empty eyed, yeah. hanging in the corner, like an older technical wrestler. You know, you know, still the best in the world, but an older version of the American Dragon. And having, yeah, I think Daniel, like if anyone I think is complaining about Garcia's loss, I mean, first of all, I think that's wiped away by the post-match, which I we'll get to. So. Uh, but honestly, like, yeah, he looked great in this match. And especially because I think it's, I think he, I don't know a lot about Daniel Garcia. I don't, you know, I don't watch all AW every week, but even just the way he was carrying himself, he seems like he might struggle to get his gimmick across a little bit mm-hmm. he seems a little bland just from the way he kind of carries himself like i think it's literally just the face i don't get a lot from right from his face no face. I, I i get the same thing a lot of the time his strength is his wrestling yeah and telling stories in the ring and he can still cut good promos and everything but when he's not wearing his awesome Kangol hat <laughs> i do find his presentation to be a bit lacking mm. But, again, as we got into the end of this match, as they went back and forth and they locked in their submission holds, and finally, Brian just managed to out-wrestle him, hit a bunch of, like, awesome... He was doing the the Blackpool Combat Club stomps, but he started doing it with his head first, (laughs) and I was like, awesome. And he locks him in the label lock, finally gets the submission, great match, and then Chris Jericho, who was on commentary, went down to the ring, tried to attack Brian Danielson, and Daniel Garcia pulled him off. What... Do we get out of this? Obviously, the the planned match for All Out is Jericho versus Danielson. And as I said on last week's show, I kind of think that that match, it's not going to be a Daniel custody of Daniel Garcia ladder match or anything. <laughs> but it will be the match for Daniel Garcia's heart. Mm. I think you see Brian Danielson win that match and then Daniel Garcia going to the Blackpool Combat Club, potentially. And I think that's really interesting because that's what we saw here. And then later in the backstage segment where Chris Jericho said, next week on Dynamite, we're going to see Jericho and Daniel Garcia face-to-face, and we can find out where Daniel Garcia's allegiances lie. And also Ricky Steamboat was there. And said that Jericho looks exactly like he did in 2009, which is objectively false. (laughs) He had short hair and a suit back then. It was like, same hair, same clothes. I was like, nothing about this is the same, Ricky. Oh. Uh, I, I, I enjoyed that backstage. I, I like the it. fact that Steve got to throw a punch. That's a lot of fun. Um, I I think the only thing that waters this down for me, because I, otherwise I really liked it, and the crowd did too. Like when he pulled um, Jericho off, 
and we have said that twice now yep. and it's still it's quite it is quite funny um but when he removed jericho from his beatdown on daniel bryan big pop yeah big pop for that and exactly the, i think the right kind of like exclamation point be just like that is the consolation for daniel garcia losing here is that right. he is now put into an interesting story the only thing that bothers me about it is it this feels like a diluted thing especially with jericho he's mm. done it with sammy he's did it, he did it with tito and ortiz uh, and Santana and Ortiz. Tito and Ortiz. <laughs> my favorite two UFC fighters. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when they split. Yeah. Into... <laughs> like Ruby and Sapphire. <laughs> oh, what about you, son? I've got Tito version. <laughs> Excellent. I should be here every week. Um, he's done it with Santana and Ortiz, you know, to be just like, we're having problems. Let's go and talk about it in the ring. This It's all happened quite a lot in the last year, which mm -hmm. for me dilutes it a little bit. But ultimately, I think it's interesting. Um, I, I, I'm very much, I, yeah, I, I one of the matches of the year yeah. for me. And easy, just no nonsense. Just be like, ah, there's no problems here absolutely love yeah. it save all the like wrestling entertainment stuff uh after uh you're a wrestler as well i was gonna bring that up delightful a wonderful chant from the from the crowd of just you're a wrestler which that's just a spur of the moment chant that makes all this like that much better mm. and it's like really organic yeah can't plan story. that yeah that, it's like uh, when mjf first turned heel way back when and the fan threw a drink over yeah. him like you know that's stuff like you shouldn't shouldn't be necessarily encouraged to like do that kind of stuff but it is that kind of organic moment that's because perfect yeah perfect little seal on the bow and the reminder that aw crowds can be <laughs> can be very very good because they were horrible to jungle boy and i won't forgive them oh yeah we'll get to it uh so we've already talked about the tony niece bit we've talked about jericho backstage then we had what did we have adam is it the ass boys it's the ass boys <laughs> sorry hang on a second how does that song go? oh my god i, I was know, singing literally all, all yesterday, yesterday. <laughs> it's like every 45 seconds and the ass boys you'd hear that Daddy the ass and the ass boys I'm a huge fan. Yeah. I'm a huge fan. I always have been of, of Dan Housen and all of his works. Yes, Dan Housen, not the ass boys, though. Yes, uh, we, of course, looking at this card for this show, and I was like, oh, the gun club are facing the Varsity Blondes, are they? And even last week, I was like, not sure I'm going to be into that one. It was very short. Perhaps one, no, I don't think it's the shortest match in Dynamite history, but it's close. It had to go like 10, 15 seconds or something like that. They immediately jump Brian Pillman Jr., knock him off the apron, and then just like hit a couple big clotheslines on Griff Garrison, and then hit that like twisting uh, butterfly suplex type deal for the finish. I forget what it's called. I don't care about the ass boy. <laughs> and immediately afterwards, ass senior, as I've started calling him now, he got in the ring, Billy Gunn, and said, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, killer instinct. Yeah, all that sort of thing. And then Stokely Hathaway makes his way onto the stage, and the ass boys turn on their dad. And they beat up Billy Gunn, and then the acclaimed run out to save him, and then they all, they all do the scissor thing. I don't like this. <laughs> I am the biggest hater of the ass boys and ass family, it, it, it seems, but... Uh, I like the acclaimed much better without Billy Gunn involved. 
I think they worked together when it was like working towards this split. Mm. But the package of the acclaimed and Billy Gunn to me isn't as as interesting as just the acclaimed rising the ranks as a great babyface team. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the I mean, judging from the pop the acclaimed got when they came out, clearly something is working with the fans. Oh well, yeah, and the they like saying "scissor me, daddy ass." <laughs> I hate you. you. Looked me directly in the eyes when you said that. <laughs> That made me uncomfortable. Oh. Um, I, I, yeah, I didn't. I, I'm not hugely like aware of this whole in like scene with the. I, I know what the scissoring thing is, because that is the sort of thing that wrestling fans do latch onto. Yep. Uh, but I, yeah, for me, I don't know if this is like something that felt arbitrary to you as well, having known a bit more about AEW. But it, this felt like a kind of oh, we got to do a Game of Thrones thing. Mm. We got to have families turning ah, on each other. You know, ah, we have to have yeah. we have to have intrigue. We have to have backstabbing children turning on their father. Oh, the humanity! I will say as well, I can't believe they waited to do a game a, a specifically Targaryen <laughs> themed uh, episode of Dynamite. They waited to do that a show about a bleach blonde entitled arsehole and his awful family. They wait to do that until after Cody Rhodes left AEW. Yeah, <laughs> I hadn't even thought of that. I hadn't even thought of that. Uh, Cody Rhodes me. is great. I just wanted I love to Cody make Rhodes. that joke. <laughs> More of a dunk on Brandy than anything else. I suppose. Uh, but yeah, it, it was what it was, but I don't know how much more I'm going to get out of the ass boys and the acclaimed feud. I thought I thought we had blown that off already. But, but uh, next up, Pac said that he was really looking forward to seeing Will Ospreay in their trios match next week. Yeah, it yeah. should be a hell of a match. Death Triangle against Aussie Open and Will Ospreay. Stop it. Yes, please. And then Jungle Boy came out, said he's not allowed to wear his very derogatory Christian Cage shirt anymore, which, fair play. He says uh, he'll chase Christian forever until Christian is, uh, accepts a match at All Out, at which point Christian came out, said that Luchasaurus had gotten suspended for hitting Pat Buck last week, and came down and said, oh, we both said things we didn't mean. You took things a little far, but it's okay. I can forgive <laughs> you. You said some things, you know. We're we're family, though. You're like a son to me. I can take you to the promised land. Let's Let's just come home, Jungle Boy, and goes for a hug, and Jungle Boy double legs him. They have another brawl. Around this seems to be the brawl to set up all out or all out adjacent match in the case of Punk and Moxley. I find it really funny that they were real quick to break up that brawl for Mox and Punk, but this one they just kept going and then <laughs> Jungle Boy like stomped on Christian on the steps and it was a good brawl. Don't get me wrong, but I was just like, I wonder which of these matches they care about protecting more. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah, I I thought. Um... I felt really bad for Jungle Boy during mm -hmm. his promo. I didn't think it was the best promo, but I don't think, like, I really thought that one of the things about AEW fans is that we would have left what behind. Like, yeah. like goddamn guys. Um, and yeah, it, that that really, really bothered me because like, again, like, I think Christian has been doing really good work on the mic for this feud. I've always made sure that even if I haven't caught Dynamite, I've caught the Christian segment yeah. because he's, 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 he, what yeah. will he say next? The scamp. Um, I, I really, really enjoyed that. Um, it's just, yeah, I, I don't know. For me, it felt like a bit of air was taken out of this feud's tires here, just overall, because the brawl didn't really do a huge amount for me, just like stamping on his arm on the step. I like the bit where he was bashing his head against the steel steps. I yeah. think they could have just got to that quite quickly and then maybe had like 
some people come down. You didn't need to send the same fleet. Literally yeah. the same exact because like all of those crew members were very easy to spot. Yeah. Especially that dude who looks like me after I escaped from Jumanji. <laughs> <laughs> I was I kept to yeah. seeing him. Uh, so it was a bit it was a bit samey. It's a shame they did it on the same you know yeah episode. Yeah, I agree. Uh, next up, we had Wardlow and FG, FTR challenging the Jay Lethal crew, and I mean, all right, I don't, I don't really care. <laughs> they, they apparently it's gonna be a thing to see Wardlow powerbomb Satnam Singh. Fair play to that, I guess. It'll he, probably he, look very impressive, but that it. match Hell is yeah. probably not gonna be that interesting. Uh, I mean, Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt mixing out with FTR. I've seen worse. Yeah, but, I mean, I'm up for it. Yeah. 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 And then we had Tony Storm taking on Kylan King. Kylan King actually got a lot of offense in this match. This wasn't the two to three minute women's match that we kind of used to see in AEW where we've got one star and one person who's very clearly not winning. And even though that's what this was, they gave a lot to Kylan King. She hit, uh, she, Tony Storm went for a, a tornado DDT on the floor, but Kylan King just like held on to her and gave her a throw and I thought that looked really impressive. She had she hit like a springboard knee at one point that I thought looked really good. Tony Storm hit her hip attack, which I learned on this show is called Sweet Cheeks Music. Because I, I what? wondered how long that had been a thing. <laughs> I was the first time hearing of it. <laughs> Because butts. Because butts, eh? Yeah. And then she hit the Storm Zero and uh, got the win. There wasn't really much more to it, but they announced uh, shortly thereafter that it is official that they are going again. Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm are going to wrestle it all out. Awesome. That sounds like a lot of fun. I'm hoping the crowd will be a little bit more into it this time than they were at Forbidden Door, but they will still have a good match either way, I have to imagine. Yeah, good match. I, I really enjoyed it. I think fans were quieter for it just because, like you say, it's a heavily signposted who's yeah. winning. So we're just like, oh, what's what's the kind of build here? And in fact, the build is that it was a good match and it yeah. made Tony Storm look very good at wrestling. So like, that'll do. Yeah. That will do. And it was at this point that we got the announcement that uh, CM Punk and Moxley are wrestling next week. And then we got the main event, which we've already talked about. So your overall thoughts on House of the Dragon. I would give it four blompies out of five. Um, overall, stuffed two hours of of things like oh my goodness uh one of the my favorite matches i've seen recently mm-hmm. um given a huge amount of time uh, i enjoyed the spectacle of the main event i felt very lucky that on the episode i was covering for pete that i got to see kenny omega return yeah. so hey how about that some confusing stuff uh some stuff it's been fun to puzzle out like it's been a, yeah it's 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 been an eventful show uh one that i very much enjoyed talking about so yeah i can't really complain lots of good i you know i yeah there's i didn't like the ass boys thing but then it's okay again, no one does okay. except for the people that do in which case why can't have a perfect show no that, that would be wrong oh goodness me But before we get into the rest of your Ultra Chats and get out of here, we've got some very special shout-outs to give out. That is to all of our $25 and above pledge hammers. Of course, you can go over to Patreon. I don't know the link to Patreon off by heart, unfortunately. I it's the one it's that patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk. That's pretty easy to remember. You should go there and sign up to be a Patreon, and you can get a custom wrestling nickname just like this one. So, wait for it. Wait for it. There's one that says Hall of Fame here, and I always lose it somehow. 
that one. That one's the mess, the, the music for this. So a big thank you to the real boss, Matt Robinson. Yeah. You'll never get this name right, you idiots. Matthew Zemajewski. Yeah. Max Kurt Wallander Wallen. Yeah. Michael Jensen Radio. Yeah. Michael Mark for Life Plowman. Yeah. <laughs> what's, this, what's this stank you're putting on it? Yeah. I've been doing the yeah for legit the entire time I've been doing podcasts. <laughs> Thanks for watching the content, Adam. NJ Hornsberg. Yeah. <laughs> this is some kind of Patreon shout out. Nate dropped surname. Yeah. yeah. The Batsman, Nathan Batty. Yeah. yeah. Peter Fiber Brandhouse. Yeah. yeah. Probably better than Kyle, Philip O'Reilly. Yeah. The man who wears the gold, the man recognized by Swaft Nation International as the 24-7 champion, our legend. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, Reese Cook, what the rock is smelling. Yeah. Thank you very much to all of our pledge hammers. And now we will get into the rest of your ultra chats as I very quickly scramble to open up the ultra chat doc. Once again, did it in one try. I don't know what that letter is. Nina Gabner says, what a wonderful day. Kenny Omega is back and I finally have a ticket. It's a double S in German. Oh, learning new things every day. I'm sorry, Dan. I'm once again insulting your culture. I have finally got a ticket for your watch party. Looking forward to seeing you. Looking forward to coming over to London and meeting you lads. Likewise, Nina. And of course, this is the last call for Ultra Chats, but make sure if you have any final thoughts, you get them in to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll read up any that are over five US dollars before the end of the show, which will be soon. So get them in if you have any final thoughts. Uh, Sean McBride says, seeing Kenny Omega return on our screens was an amazing feeling. However, I'm so excited and a good day to see the plan, to see what the plan is for Mox versus Punk next week. Part of me wants MJF back and part of me wants a death match between them at All Out. What do you think? Um, I, MJF has had his issues with Mox way more with Punk. It does feel like making it a three-way at All Out feels a little, at the last moment, that feels a little not quite, like there's not quite the seams aren't right, right. for that. Um, so I think probably either ending in DQ because they just couldn't stop kicking ass. So it has to be a no holds barred oh. match because John Moxley refuses to wrestle anything else. <laughs> um, that That's what it's, it strikes me as like probably a very quick bloody affair in order to set up a bloodier affair at all out. What if Moxley goes in and like beats him, beats Punk in like five minutes? <laughs> like they do like a blood stoppage finish or something like that. I'm trying, I'm pulling at straws here because I really, I really don't know. I don't have no, a good, I don't know, uh, Tempest. I don't know, Adam. No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that, Tempest. I really don't. Yeah. No, no. I'm not saying it's a good idea. <laughs> I don't, I don't like, I can't fathom seeing a winner. But maybe mm -hmm. that's just a setup for something truly, truly shocking. Yeah, I, I had also said during the loot conversation that you guys will see tomorrow that it feels maybe as if we had a plan in place for CM Punk's title reign and All Out. 
and his injury complicated that. And maybe they're still set on having whatever that plan was going to be happen, whether that be a return of MJF and then them wrestling in Chicago. Screw it. Hiroshi Tanahashi. That also could be. I don't think that that's as big a match, and I wouldn't do that (laughs) over the John Moxley match, and that's me saying that. That's me saying that. Biggest Hiroshi Tanahashi fan in the world. What if he beats Mox and then Okada comes out? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't be disappointed, but I would still be perplexed. It would like, still I, be it's very, very flummoxing, all <laughs> yeah. of this. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, Nathan Portwoman says, good morning, gentlemen. I'm upset. Kenny Omega is clearly not 100%. Why bring him back now? Why do Punk versus Mox on, fry t- on free TV? Part of me thought they were going to do an injury angle to get Kenny out. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Maybe I'm just being worked. I don't know. I think that there's a strong possibility that Kenny Omega is fine. Uh, or at least mostly fine that like easing him back in is still acceptable. I think there's elements of a work, but it's also it, the reason why it feels as kind of like as it does is because it seems real. Yeah. Uh, you know, bringing him back in in tag matches where he doesn't have to do quite as much in order to acclimatize into the ring is the smart thing to do with one of your biggest names yeah. who's been on the shelf for a very long time. And the fact that it just feels like they're working it into a bit more of a story, heightening up a little bit. I Yeah, I'm into it. It works for me. Yep, works for me too. There's a lot of Ultra Chats. You guys have a lot of thoughts. It was a monumental episode of Dynamite. And... And he's here. And let's not forget and the money is here. here. You're very welcome, <laughs> Wrestle Talk. Yes. Thank you every day, Adam. <laughs> CJ, every damn every day. Single day. Bring him flowers every day at work. CJ Thornton says, My first live AEW show, and holy S word, Mox and Punk was amazing. Garcia and Brian tried to murder each other. Love doing the You're a Wrestler chant and lost my voice by the time Kenny Omega came out. Also had a support Wrestle Talk sign to show some love. Hey, thank, thank you. you. We feel the support. Uh, and I think this also uh, keeps going to say, last, there, there's a space involved. Come on, mods. <laughs> wow. No, I'm not going to bury the wow. mods. Just you bury just the mods. Absolutely not. The mods are the team that keep us going. We'll never be the same without you, mods. Uh, last and also saying last night was also my escape room from the or escape from the world and recent mental health issues. The things that keep uh, kept me going were wrestle talk and wrestling. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you and all and thank you all and much love. Hashtag support each other. Thank Absolutely, thank and you. thank you, thank you for your support. And I'm glad that anything that we do can have a positive impact on you. Second. Uh, so Mark has donated to say, idea, MJF costs CM Punk, Mox wins, prideful Mox uh, gives a rematch at the pay-per-view, perhaps in a cage, but Punk turns heel and wins. MJF targets Punk on TV, and heel Punk can fight Eddie, etc. Slow, bro- slow build MJF Punk match with reverse heel face dynamic. MJF wins, holds through 20, uh, 2023, turning heel again. Gosh, that's a busy two weeks, isn't it? That's a lot to go on in like a month there. Between that and like, I would imagine you could do uh, like the Eddie match at uh, at Grand Slam. And that's all still happening like within a very short time frame. But we're going to find out. We're going to find out very soon. 
Uh, Rain Tech says, hi lads, what could be bigger than Moxley versus Punk? Well, MJF interfering next week to ruin the little the title match for, uh, for the dastardly ex-WWE guys and inserts himself into a triple threat for All Out and may win. Sign me the F up. A lot of people into the idea of the triple threat. Yeah. I I don't know. Like I, I like wrestling to be a little slower than that. But like yeah. if people, if it would be interesting... I certainly yeah. would be up for Outlaw MJF winning the AW Championship yeah. against the winning yes cuz then he is that's the next step in him becoming CM Punk, right? Mm -hmm. So like I'm not against it. I'm really not. But uh yeah, it's busy. I've thought that that was the end goal of all this, like even with MJF walking out and and whatever. Like the whole MJF thing right now is like, well, he's got to come back and win the title now cuz it's more way more interesting. Yeah. There's so many yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, Mayor of Painesville, Dan, said, hi, Dan, says, hello, Tempest. Hello, Adam. I cannot believe they made you watch this dirty wrestling stuff, Adam. Anyway, I hope you're having a great time. I enjoyed this show a lot. I think Kylan King is really developing. Can't wait for Rampage. Agreed. She had a very good showing on this show. Uh, I just think you skipped over one from White Tie. It says, I feel like I'm in the minority that's excited about Punk Mox being next week. There's no way Tony weakens all out for a ratings pop, and there's definitely no way Punk compromises on the story he wants to tell. Feeling optimistic that this is for a good reason. I think that's fair. That's very I fair. I think, they've, uh, I think they really have earned uh, a lot of goodwill mm -hmm. um because yeah I, I do think tony is a lot smarter than that and i certainly think punk is a lot more yes. kind of like uh he, he has the power to control his storylines i think to that degree yeah. i mean we i'm sure that there's a good reason but like you say it's just going to make it for a weird watching experience next week when you're waiting for yes. the reason to happen waiting for it to be justified we, we'll see Meng! Oh god. Meng is chatting in to say, Oh my god, I love wrestling so much. I teared up three times in this show, twice in the main event, and once for Scissor Me, Daddy. And that's absolutely ridiculous. We've talked about goodwill on the promotion booking, and this is a perfect example of it. Again, hard to disagree. Uh, Richard Stevens says, I agree with Adam. I, the idea of a returning Omega not fully aware if he can go at this point is an interesting note in the whole Elite storyline. It'll be interesting as well if we uh, if he still isn't aware of the Bucks stepping aside for Hangman at full gear. Uh, I, I mean, I'm sure he's watched it. I can't imagine, you know. Like, <laughs> it's like, I don't watch the show, Paul. Why would I watch the show? I, I think he's aware of of everything. I think there's a lot that they could do with this elite this elite bit, but I don't know what that is yet. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, Bacon Rasher says, Hi, lads. I love the Blackpool Combat Club in AEW and was nice to see Claudio and Yuta with Mox, but do you think they need to be presented more as a faction or as individual or individuals together work? I want to see them together more, plus no regal. Love you, Adam, but L-I-W for life. Missing Pete. Well, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I'm not Pete. And I've never said that before. Never. I've never had to say that before. Yeah. Never mind. Uh, Riot DR uh, was, uh, I think we have, we've skipped over one oh, again, Tempest. Uh, let's see. Uh, Ricky the Dragon. Check. Yes. American Dragon. Yes. Check. Dragon Slayer. Check. Dragon Sleepers. Check. Dragon Lee. Check. Dragon Suplex. Check. AEW short as love a theme. Half expected an Ultimo Dragon cameo. <laughs> oh, I would love have that. loved that. I would love that. I will say, like, this show was crammer full of products, yeah. but, like, I didn't mind it. No, much. I mean, you it, can shoehorn some Dragon Suplexes and Dragon Sleepers into this show and, like, the wrestling moves. I'm not going to be distracted, but I will go, yeah, hey, it's, it's a dragon. <laughs> it's a dragon thing. 
Yeah. Uh, and to answer Bacon Rasher's uh, question, I would kind of like to see them more as a faction a little bit, like just from time to time, like even if it's just Yuta coming out with Mox as if he's learning from it or something like that. I yeah. think there's more you could do. Give, give it a proper sense of like, this is a school. Yeah. You, you know, what better way to watch than at ring? Step under the learning tree, Grasshopper. And Bacon Rasher again says, hi again, lads. Also wanted to say I'm so disappointed to miss a Clash of the Castle event with all of you. I will be in Cornwall with the lady partner and dog for my birthday. Happy hey. birthday, Bacon Rasher. Happy birthday. Bacon Rasher. Bacon Rasher. It's hot in here. <laughs> Hopefully you'll do it again, and I'm sure it'll be a great success. L-I-W. Thank you so much. For life. Got it. First try. Dan, uh, ben Walker says, extremely happy to see Kenny back as he's one of my favorites of all time, but I was worried as he uh, really didn't seem 100% was he brought back too soon. Do you think him coming back now was always the plan or was the return rushed? Much love, XOXO. I mean, he was supposed to come back months ago. This mm. has been delayed because his return and his recovery has been such a long process. I don't think he would be back if he was not like capable of being back. I think the aim is for all of this is for you to be asking that question. Was yeah. he brought back too soon? And that is the story, I think, here. Or at least that is what I'm pretty sure the story will be. Sure will. I'd have to imagine anyway. Danny G has been a member for 13 months in a row. Woo! Yeah. And he said, hi, lads. Might make things awkward, but when are we getting Quokka Talk? You got your board game channel, Adam. It's only fair. I don't know what that means. It's a line from the latest uh, Tuesday PFK list where I say that uh, at some point I'm going to start my own channel, that being Quokka Talk, because Quokka... Have you never seen a Quokka? No. Oh, well, I don't care that we're three minutes over time. I'm looking <laughs> up a photo of a Quokka because they are the most adorable things in the entire world. And everybody needs to know what quokkas are. Right now, Luke is watching this screaming. Yeah, Keep it to well. an hour. Keep yeah, it to an hour. Well. That's a quokka. Oh, it's a smiley little marsupial. Who's a happy gentleman? It's, it's the happiest looking. They're super docile and super cute. And they live in Australia. And I love them. So soon, hopefully. <laughs> that was much louder than I was expecting it to be. <laughs> We're taking this all down. Yeah. It's all coming down. There's a lot more Ultra Chats. We weren't getting out of here at the top of the hour. Hector Rodriguez has been a member for eight months in a row. Woo! Yeah. And Kenny coming back was a bit too soon, but he looked amazing. I'm just glad he shaved off the Lemmy chops because they didn't work for him at all. I don't know what the best look of Kenny Omega is. Um, I don't... Um, blonde, silver, the dark hair he had last year. I don't know. Wrestling a blow-up doll. That's my favorite. Ah, uh, yes. Kenny Omega. Naturally. Uh, J.S. Wooten has been a member for seven months in a row. Woo! Yeah! MJF screwing Punk over next week would be the most heartwarming wrestling moment this year because nothing else makes sense in, in pushing this match up. Yeah, again, we'll see. Makes about as much sense as any of our other theories at this yeah. point, you know? Uh, CJ Thornton says, part two, last night was also my escape from the world. Uh, I think we've read that one already. Or yes, it might have gotten absolutely. sent in twice, but either way... CJ Thornton, thank you again for your support, and I'm glad that we can help you out. Riot, Riot DR says, in my opinion, Brian Danielson is the best wrestler in the world today. My brain is having trouble raising Garcia that many levels. Even if the story is Brian having head issues, still was a fantastic match. I look forward to the spinoff angles. He's in his 40s. It yeah. make, it makes Brian, Garcia's in his 20s, and he's in his 40s. It makes sense. Yeah. Like, don't worry about it. Um, I, I, I absolutely agree that Brian Danielson is the best wrestler in the world. 
which is why he won. But I think it absolutely makes all the sense in the world that Garcia was able to take him to the limit. Yeah, I think you can you can have the young guy hanging with the veteran and he doesn't have to beat him, but hanging with he's, him is enough. He's, he's very talented. Yeah. Uh, and Blakey has donated to say, would you call it the brawl for all out? Nah. No, I wouldn't. I liked it. <laughs> Jungle Boy has gone on record that says he doesn't like cutting promos and doesn't think he's very good at it. Also, give me Moxley beating Punk. Moxley's my favorite wrestler of all time, and I love it. I mean, that's a really good way to make sure that your favorite wrestlers don't enjoy cutting promos is to what them. Like, yeah. Honestly, man. Like, if someone needs really work with promos, off. just lean into it and help them out. Like, yeah. We, I thought we liked Jungle Boy. I like Jungle Boy just fine. Like, and geez. you could tell because it was like coming from a certain part of the crowd where they were doing the what chant. There were people in the audience just doing this, looking all the way back to the one corner. And it's yeah. like, hey, guys, have a chat with your friends if you bring, bring them to the show or something that, hey, nah, it's not appreciated. Uh, Cassidy Delaney says, okay, so Punk starts his heel turn next week, right? Like, maybe he wins by accidental cheating, but then by All Out, he full-on cheats to win, and if he can do it, it'd be marvelous. Getting Chicago to boo him, if anyone could, it would be Punk. I want to see it. I do, I do want to see Punk playing the heel game in Chicago. Like, that is the thing that I, like, way back when, when I first booked Punk coming back, I tried to turn him heel in Chicago. They were, you know, what AEW ended up doing was lots and lots better. But if he can do it, like it might just be Austin in Texas, mm -hmm. whereas it's like, hey, no. Hey, what? Yeah. Yeah, he won. Hooray. Yeah. No, he's a baby face. You're wrong, WWE. Yeah. Uh, but I think if anyone can do it, Punk. Might I, I, think, I, I think Chicago wants to be part of the story enough that they won't be just yeah. like, screw what you're trying to do. We're going to cheer anyway. Right. Uh, Danny G says, good to see Kenny back. Him selling not being 100% adds intrigue and almost makes for uncomfortable viewing. That being said, Flair did it better. If I didn't know uh, better, I'd almost believe he genuinely wasn't 100%. I don't know when Flair did this in particular that uh, is being mentioned, but... I think just like, wasn't it just sort of like his one last, when he came back, he was feeling really unsure of himself and like he, that's why he beat Jericho with the figure four. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I, I'm with you. And it looks like the last one's going to be from Mark to say, to elaborate on my idea further, Mox accepting a rematch only to lose to Punk's heel turn makes Punk all the more dastardly. Then MJF playing face all the way uh, up to beating uh, Punk means after he wins and heel turns, you wanted me as champion. Now, oh, that would be a really good time for the, the CM Punk ROH promo. When he was baby face and then Never turned trust a heel. Snake. Never trust a snake. I'm the devil himself. Do that promo with MJF. Ooh, I like that a lot. And we also have a note from Luke who wanted to let you all know that we have sold 90% of the tickets for a Clash of the Castle. Class at the Castle. Class at the Castle. Watch along. Clash at the Cashew. Clash at the Cashew. Clash at the Cashew. Yeah. I'm from Saskatoon, eh? <laughs> We've sold 90% of our tickets <laughs> for a Clash at the Castle watch-along event. So thank you very much. And if you'd like to be there, make sure that you get your tickets because there aren't that many left. There's like 15 left. Yes, I believe we had sold... Uh, there's about 15 left. I think yeah. there's like 190, 200 tickets, and we're about 180, 185 yeah, around yeah. there. So yes, get your tickets if you haven't already. Boy, this show is wacky at times, but thank you very much for stepping in, Adam. <laughs> You're welcome. He and I will be back on Saturday with our review of SmackDown and Rampage. I look forward to seeing it very much. Until then, jam that jam, and we'll see you next time.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.